I think sometimes we wonder if God is hearing our prayers or we wonder if there's a reason why we can't hear his answer to our prayers. Today we look at Psalm 17, which is essentially David's prayer, and it opens up with an example of David asking God to examine his heart. And I think it's a good example for us because sometimes there could be hidden sin that is keeping us from hearing God's voice more clearly. So I pray today is a blessing to you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. We are in our Psalms devotional reading series, and today we were going to be reading Psalm 17, which is a prayer of David. Hear, O Lord, my righteous plea. Listen to my cry. Give ear to my prayer. It does not rise from deceitful lips. May my vindication come from you. May your eyes see what is right. Though you probe my heart and examine me at night, Though you test me, you will find nothing. I resolved that my mouth will not sin. As for the deeds of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept myself from the ways of the violent. My steps have held to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Give ear to me and hear my prayer. Show the wonder of your great love. You who save by your right hand. Those who take refuge in you from their foes. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who assail me, my mortal enemies who surround me, they close up their callous hearts and their mouths speak with arrogance. They have tracked me down. They now surround me with eyes alert to throw me to the ground. They are like a hungry lion for prey, like a great lion crouching in cover. 
Rise up, O Lord, confront them, bring them down. Rescue me from the wicked by your sword. O Lord, by your hand, save me from such men, from men of this world whose reward is in this life. You still the hunger of those you cherish. Their sons have plenty, and they store up wealth for their children. And I, in righteousness, will seek your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. We start off with verse 1. Hear, O Lord, my righteous plea. Listen to my cry. We recognize that this is a prayer that David is praying. And it is really a cry to the Lord to hear his prayer based on what he knows about God's mercy and also David's own faithfulness and obedience to God. Verses 1 through 5 really is David asking God to search his heart and, and for him to reaffirm that his efforts were done with a good heart, with a righteous heart. And so David's request to God on the basis of his faithfulness and his obedience teaches us that God hears the prayers of those who love and honor him. And effective prayer time requires this clear conscience and and this pure life. And I think sometimes what happens is when we are in the midst of some hard circumstances and we are praying for God's mercy or direction or for him just to hear our prayers and we feel like God isn't answering, sometimes that's because we're not doing it from a place of a pure heart. And so when David says things like, probe my heart and examine me at night, that is his cry to say, okay, God, Number one, I'm believing that I did everything with a righteous heart. And number two, if there's anything that's not in me, probe me, find it out so I can confess it and turn it over to you. And I think sometimes that's the missing, almost like the missing link or the missing thing in our prayers when we feel that God is silent. Sometimes, you know, the reality is, is sin is what separates us from God. And so if we are asking God for something or we're coming to God and we're not experiencing his peace or we're not experiencing his joy or whatever it is, his favor, his blessing. Sometimes it's because there's a sin there that we've not dealt with, that we've ignored or we've put aside or or we pretend that it's not that big of a deal. And it's sin that separates us from God. Now, yes, of course, sometimes there's times where God is silent and that's a whole different issue. But sometimes, and what we're seeing here is there is a connection between the sin that we're holding in our hearts and actually hearing God's voice. In verse 2, it talks about vindication. May my vindication come from you. May your eyes see what is right. I want to mention vindication because I think it's important to remember that legal difficulties were a very common experience for people in the ancient Near East. And defendants often would seek out God's help against their accusers. And, and we see that throughout the time period there in lots of the other texts as well. And so this is, I think, something that's probably even more prevalent then than it would be now. I know that we have like a Sue happy culture now, but, but really what this is saying is I'm putting my trust in God. And yesterday we talked about the advocate. We talked a couple days in a row about, about the role of the Holy Spirit as our advocate, the parakletos, the, the Holy Spirit as helper. That's essentially what he's saying here, here now. Um, my vindication that's in... Uh, like a legal metaphor that he's talking about. I want to skip down to verse 8. It says, Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. This is imagery here, really. And what David is doing 
is he's using these two word pictures to teach about how God loves and cares for people. And so the apple of the eye, it refers to the pupil of the eye. And so while it literally translates to the little one of the daughter of your eye, it's an idiom or it's an expression found of other places too. I think it's in 32, Deuteronomy 32. Um, But it's the pupil or the apple of the eye. It's the most sensitive part of the body which means it's the part that needs the most protection. And so this Hebrew metaphor is basically referring to something that is cherished and of great value and needs protecting. So if he's saying, keep me as the apple of your eye, he's saying he's recognizing how cherished he is to God and he's asking to be held and kept in that place. And then the shadow of your wing. In the ancient people groups of the time that surrounded Israel, the metaphor of the wing meant a couple different things. The image of wings can talk about essentially the protection of a deity. And so there's first the real quick freedom of motion that comes from the heavenly realm because wings can take you up and rescue you and get you out of there right away. And then it's also an image for the the different kinds of heavenly deities. So think um, like the angel imagery or some of those kinds of things. In that culture, that would have been a really common thing that would be attributed to the other gods. And so the metaphor that we see here of taking refuge under the wings is it's found in other Psalms, Psalm 36, Psalm 57, Psalm 61, Psalm 91, but it consistently relates to this issue of care and protection connected with the covenant. And so for other cultures, especially like the Egyptians that were around at the time, they would even have um, just the wing, like a disembodied wing, just the representation of a wing as a representation of protection. And so that was kind of, you know, you've seen different um, hieroglyphs and things like that. The wing would always represent protection. And so in their culture, like the Egyptian culture, the deities that had wings were the ones that were portrayed as overshadowing the king and protecting the king. So that was a really common imagery that would have been referred to. And so what what we're seeing David do here is he's speaking in the language of the people at the time, but he's saying, we're going to hide under the wings of God. And this is this metaphor for um, being protected. And, and, you know, we we see this just even in nature. We have chickens and we've not done it very often but we've had a couple hens now that have hatched their own little baby chicks. And honestly, sometimes we don't even know until the chick is pretty big and pretty old because those mamas hold those babies so close to them that even when they're walking around on the ground, unless you look really, really closely, you can't even tell that they're there. They're hidden underneath the protection of their wings. So this is basically this metaphor here of Um, being hidden and protected underneath the wing. And essentially, it's just expressing God's love and care and provision. Jesus used this as a symbol to express his love for Israel. If you remember uh, in Matthew, in in the New Testament, in Matthew 23, uh, Jesus himself uses the same metaphor. And so praying for God's strong arm of protection and support, that's something that we have the privilege of as believers. And then I want to jump down to one more 
verse 12. They are like a lion hungry for prey, like a great lion crouching in cover. So now, present day, lions no longer live in the land. But what was happening in ancient Israel is there was lions. And I actually write about this in one of my books um, because it's a really interesting story. But ancient times, it was not uncommon to run into a lion in, you know, when you're walking about in, especially in an area that wasn't full of a lot of people. And so there was a danger there. It was a posed threat that was well known. And so we see this lion reference and sometimes we think, oh, it's just a, uh, a metaphor for evil, which it is. I mean, the enemy is, is referred to as crouching or crouching around like a predatory lion, but there was literally lions (laughs) that was a real danger for them at the time that this was written. And so for lions, what the people would have known about lions, and you can read about this, go back to 1 Samuel 17, and then it's also in Amos. You can read about the lions. There's more about it. It's super interesting. But but lions represent strength and speed. And so lions would use stealth, really, to hunt their victims. And they, of course, were feared for their teeth and their claws and you know, death that that can occur. And so this was common throughout the the ancient Near East. It was in a lot of um, old artwork. The Assyrians would have royal hunts. There was lots of art about the lions, uh, symbolizing kind of the enemies of the humans. Sometimes the lions would represent like the force of chaos in those cultures. And uh, we would hear about um, maybe things like about how the king would subdue a lion or different things that would be equated to strength if you were able to subdue a lion. And so in this psalm, the imagery is reversed and it's it's portraying the afflictions of David. So he when he says um, they are like a lion hungry for prey, like a great lion crouching in cover, he's talking about how his enemies are afflicting him, but it's done in a way that would have been really well understood in this culture. I think for us, we see, most of us only see lions in zoos and behind cages and, or on TV, but, but for them, it was something that was a really real present threat. So given all that insight, I'm going to read chapter 17 again. Hear, O Lord, my righteous plea. Listen to my cry. Give ear to my prayer. It does not rise from the deceitful lips. May my vindication come from you. May your eyes see what is right. Though you probe my heart and examine me at night, though you test me, you will find nothing. I have resolved that my mouth will not sin. As for the deeds of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept myself from the ways of the violent. My steps have held to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Give ear to me and hear my prayer. Show the wonder of your great love, you who save by your right hand, those who take refuge in you from their foes. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who assail me, my mortal enemies will surround me. They close up their callous hearts and their mouths speak with arrogance. They have tracked me down. They now surround me with eyes alert to throw me to the ground. They are like a lion hungry for prey, like a great lion crouching in cover. Rise up, O Lord, confront them, bring them down. Rescue me from the wicked by your sword. O Lord, by your hand, save me from such men, from men of this world whose reward is in this life. You still the hunger of those you cherish. 
Their sons have plenty, and they store up wealth for their children, and I, in righteousness, will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. God, we thank you for the imagery that we see in Psalm 17, how you keep us in the apple of your eye. You protect us. You cherish us. How you hide us in the shadow of your wings that we can take comfort in knowing that you are a God that protects and loves. That, that God, when we are in the midst of challenging circumstances, we can come to you and you hear our prayer. Lord, I pray for my friends today that might be feeling like their prayers are not heard. God, I pray that you would search their hearts and you would bring to light to their hearts, to their minds, to their spirits, the things that they need to get right with you so that they can hear your voice, so that they can hear your response to their prayers. Lord God, I thank you for the way that you continue to show yourself faithful, to call us into a deeper relationship with you. Lord, I pray for your peace and your presence for my friends today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.